It's a blowout, eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out the real pitch. He swings, and it's a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone, home run, and a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats, a holiday special episode, and we have the perfect guest for you, five-time MLB All-Star, four-time Gold Glove winner. He's an absolute stud of a player and a human being. I'm happy to bring in Adam Jones. Adam, thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, no worries. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Look, we got, <laughs> we got a lot to get to. Obviously, your career, the state of Major League Baseball right now, and the lockout. Yeah. Um, but what I want to start with, because, one, I follow you on social media. You're a great follow. Uh, but I saw recently that you were in the Maldives and got a splinter in, in your foot that looked like the size of my finger, Adam. It was enormous. <laughs> what in the world happened there? I just, uh, my wife tells me all the time, pick up your feet. I just dragged my feet <laughs> and on this wood. I don't know what it was, but I just felt it go in. I was like, ouch. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I looked down there, I'm like, oh, man. And I just called the called the resort and said, I got a splinter in my foot. And the lady came and she basically per, uh, performed a little surgery on the back of my foot, you know, sliced it open, you know, and then pulled it out. And then I was just like, damn, this thing is huge. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, it was a firm stick. <laughs> it's a firm little, little fellow. So I just uh, started to wear my sandals and pick my feet up a Smart. little bit more. I think Smart. that's the, well, it, it, it sounds like your wife is, is the smart one, uh, the, the one that, that runs the bunch here. And I know she's a huge fan of traveling and a big world traveler. What, how much of an influence has she had on, on your life when it comes to travel, when it comes to, you know, how, how much you see the world? How much of an influence has she had on you there? Well, I mean, amazing. Just tremendous amount of uh, respect for her and for this, her mind opening up to the travel. She was able to uh, live in Paris when she was very young, our kids age seven, five years old, like her and her brother were. And she just, you know, once we went to Japan, it's like, well, damn, we've unlocked a different culture, a different country. There's so much over here to do. You know, we everybody wants to do St. Lucia, Mexico, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, the stuff that it opens your mind up to when you go over to the other side of the world is there's so many just beautiful resorts. Now, some are going to be expensive, obviously, you know, <laughs> our, our budget will be a tad bit different than uh, everyone else's. There's some people more, some people less, but she just knows what she's doing and she just, she's willing to risk. Like, I think this is going to be good, you know, reads the reviews and all that stuff. And, she set up some great trips for not just myself, but for my friends of mine and then other clients. And it's uh, Axis Travel. And she is just, I mean, she's just doing her thing. And it's fun because, like, now that, you know, if I'm not playing or, or something, she's like, yeah, let's go try this hotel out. If we had an off day, let's go try this hotel out That's in awesome. Kyoto or some other city. And really just willing to just let's try it. And, you know, we went on different trips in Japan. And it was just, everything was just top notch. So, She's ready to uh, plan the rest of my life. I see that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Let's transition to your career. And, and I mentioned it off the top. Obviously, extremely successful 
in the major leagues, uh, mostly with the Orioles, but, you know, came up with the Mariners and ended with the D-backs and um, five-time All-Star. I mean, obviously, the, the accolades go on. But after the 2019 season, Adam, you decided to sign a contract in, in Japan. Um, right. One, how hard was that decision for you? Um, what, what went into that decision? And, and why did you decide to, to take your career over to Japan? Well, first off, I decided to go because the opportunity became real. You know, it started off as a one-year contract, and they came back and said, you know, we'll guarantee you two years. And that just, you know, it's like something that you just can't turn down because, um, you know, coming off the 2018 season, I didn't sign until March 23rd of, or March 13th of 19. And I'm like, damn how did I get a job this early or something? Why am I waiting? Why did other people get this? And I'm just wondering like, you know, what's going on. So I was like, you know what, you know, let me take my, after, after the sign had a great year in Arizona, it was fun time. And I just was like, you know what, if it ends up like next year, uh, free agent or last year's free agency, will I do have the same opportunity? You know, will I sign or not have a job? And some people are just forced to just, you know, stay in shape and all that. I was like, let's go to Japan. My wife was very, very encouraging for it. She's like, oh man, this is right in your face. Like, let's go to Japan and let's go enjoy living in Japan. And I think once we did that, it just sparked open uh, all the possibilities of, the, of traveling and seeing a different world and kids going into a worldly school. And it brought her to her being that age. And she just remembering being in Paris and just the small things. And so it's like, let's give our kids that opportunity. And, you know, I had a great time over in Japan, eating all the food, traveling, meeting new teammates, learning the barrier, learning the culture. I mean, but at the same time, before all that, it was very hard to sign over there because I just felt that I've done enough in the game that uh, I've proven that I've been a healthy player, good teammate. Um, and I was just like, damn, I really, you know, can't get no job, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, well, you know, I'm gonna do what I gotta do if I wanna play. This is what this is the play that I have to make. Right. But it's still like, damn, I, you know, I, I know I can still play at this level. But uh, I just was like, it was a tough decision, but I just took it into my own hands. And most players don't get to do that. I seen Justin Smoke came over, mm -hmm. you know, as being an older veteran guy who's, who made a good amount of money, had some success. And, you know, he was unable to have his family. I was able to have my family. So uh -huh. it was honestly, it was. Awesome. It's like being in the military going out for uh, some duty, to be honest with you. <laughs> At any point, when you, when you first sign over there, um, you know, when you first get over there, was there any point when you were like, oh, God, what did I get myself into here? Or was it kind of smooth sailing the second you got there? No, it was, uh, it was a culture shock on every level in terms of clubhouses, equipment, travel, um, fields, and just everything. It just was not the same. Yeah. You know, and from being 13 years straight in the major leagues to coming to Japan, it was not the same. But, you know, I embraced it. I said, look at, hey, I signed over here. I can suck it up. I can have some fun with these guys and my kids enjoyed it. So I sucked it up. And if you know anybody that came over to Japan, you know, they will tell you that the, the amenities are not the same, but at the same time, it's like, you know, 
why not adapt? Why not, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm here. Why not just enjoy the culture, you know, have my feet hang off the bed on the road, just <laughs> maybe curl up a little bit more, but uh, just embrace it. And I just embraced it. You know, me and my interpreter, who's an older guy, he was telling me, it's like, man, you handled coming over here better than anybody, even the young guys who need the money. And I'm like, because I just know that I can just embrace the culture. And, uh, you know, we had a good time there. And if you've been to Japan, the food, I'm telling you, brother, if, I mean, you follow my Instagram. Oh, yeah. and I haven't even posted all of it. I mean, I just post some of it. Oh, <laughs> beyond amazing. Were you surprised at, at how much the, the, the Japanese people and culture love baseball? I mean, it is. it seems to be next level how much they love baseball over there. Beyond. And it it really like it was awesome when I first landed there. There was I don't I can't imagine to give you a, a detailed number, but I just said a few hundred, few thousand maybe people, and it's like a press conference at the airport and the backside of it. I'm like, <laughs> dang, I feel like Michael Jackson coming out here or something <laughs> like that, or just like like wow. And it and then like we had spring training, so like two weeks into spring training, fans every day. You know, all, I was able to sign a lot of autographs, and then bam, COVID stopped everything. All the uh, we were able to practice, but it stopped all the fans. So I'm two weeks into it, and then bam, all the fans are stopped. I can't do anything with the fans anymore, and they, the rules of the team: you can't sign, you can't do this, and it, that part sucked because I was over there to experience all of it, and I was able to do that for two weeks, and then bang. Went to it went down, and then I was able to experience the coolest part of having the fans back after like August of this year. Once we started the playoffs and all that kind of stuff, we were able to have like eighty five percent. So I got to experience a little bit of it, but I wish I was able to experience it for two straight years. Yeah. I think that's the only part that really sucked about that is I wanted to just all the banging of the noise. They make so much damn noise. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> every hitter, y'all don't shut up. Every every hitter, they have like different shirts and different like it's like each person brings five or six things for their favorite players i'm like just a banner somebody's hitting wave this next guy oh flip this go through that oh okay this one comes up next guy oh oh, this one i'm like (laughs) that's incredible this is it's it's weird but they they love baseball and i just wish that i got to experience it every day but i got to experience it at the beginning and the end so i think that was pretty cool you know, one of the one of the cool things for me, and anybody that doesn't follow you on on socials needs to. And, and one of the coolest things for me is watching your journey. I, I could basically see you adapting to the culture as you went on and on. And you, one of the coolest things for me was towards the end watching you do an interview in Japanese, and I literally was just smiling watching you do it. Like that one, that is so cool. But to, are are you fluent in Japanese? I'm not, but I was, my interpreter was really cool, older guy. And Mm -hmm. since I wasn't an everyday player, I got to spend a lot of time with him in the clubhouse and on the bench and all in the cages and all that kind of stuff. And I just asked him questions all the time and how to say things. And I would talk to the Japanese and they would, you know, we would try to converse all the time. And there was times, you know, towards the end of the season, I tried to, you know, if I was taking ground balls or I took infield all the time at third base because I wasn't playing defense. So I just was out there having fun, but I would tell him to go work with another player mm-hmm. and let me just, you know, be able to do the situations from, from, you know, my own personal knowledge. 
And I was able to hold my own, you know, in terms of just understanding the baseball culture and understanding just, you know, some of the social sayings that they say. And, you know, I mean, it, it makes sense to, why not? If I'm there for two years, you know, why not just try and embrace it and learn something? I mean, I don't know if Japanese is going to uh, be a big part of my life going forward, but uh, to learn it, my kids understand it, and they have those Japanese reactions and stuff like that. Hey. And some of them like, <laughs> what? Yeah, they they suddenly have like Japanese reactions, and I'm like, what? Oh man, like that is that is what? What? But it's it, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome two years. They obviously they didn't pick up my options, so I'm a free agent, and um, you know, let's see what goes from here. I'm not impressed in any way, shape, or form. I just think I just need to rest. I'm tired. You know, I don't know if your brother feel that way because he still keep going. He got a motor. I'm tired. I don't know how he he wants to go until he's 45, man. Yes. Why not? If you can, that's, why not? That's true. One thing one thing I thought was was really cool, and I heard this recently. You got a new nickname over there, Mister Thanksgiving. Where, where where does that come from? What what is that? Do you know anything about that? I mean, well, um, I hit a home. I hit the home run in Game Five to send it to Game Six. I think I had it on Thanksgiving night. I think uh, that like that's what, night in what America. I, I saw this and it, and it was, they called it the Turkey shot because you hit this home run on Thanksgiving night in America. And, and I love that the Turkey shot. Walk me through the Turkey shot. Uh, well, I mean, I think the only people that I could hit over in Japan were the Americans. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't hit the fork ball to save my life. <laughs> oh, man, I tried to. I couldn't hit the fork ball. I rolled over, fouled off my foot, pop it up. I couldn't hit the fork ball to save my <laughs> life. Oh, my goodness. I walked back and just be like, either I yeah, ground out or up that or pop up. or. Uh, but you give me the American guys, I can hit them. I don't know why. I can hit them. I've seen them great. It's, it made me comfortable. So, you know, my role pinch hitting is to be ready and uh, – you know, once we went to their park, it's National League rules, so the pitcher hits. So, you know, you got to be ready for any situation, especially after, like, the fifth inning. And, uh, you know, ready, top nine, got me 95, 96, 2 and I didn't miss it. That's and, your wheelhouse, you know, man. You need that upper 90s. Oh, right there, yeah. I can hit 95, 96. <laughs> I don't care velocity. Uh, it's that fork ball. I can't hit this on bitch. I can't. I just can't. But, uh, you know, I just got on top of it and, you know, the coolest part, though, is that my wife and my kids, they were at the game, and they were jumping around. I got all these different videos from friends that were at the game, and they jumping around and stuff like that. And, like, that is, like, if that's the last swing of my career, that was the sickest swing of my career. And, you know, you know it's, it's about the experiences. Again, you get to share these places. Wife and kids get to have went to the Tokyo Dome. Like, who's done that, bro? That's so cool, man. Yeah, a lot of people are calling that the turkey shot heard around the world. I don't know if I, I am. I'll start making that stick. It's got to. It's too cool not to. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, hey, so I, I actually I like to ask people this because everybody seems to, you know, when you touch home plate after a home run, a lot of guys do a different thing. And there's typically a meaning behind it. But not a lot of people know the meaning behind it. I know you like to, to double tap the shoulder. What is, what is that for? What's the meaning behind that? Uh, well, it was my first two tattoos of my grandmother and my mother. So just, uh, I think I started, I started doing the minor leagues and it just stuck, just double tap my shoulder and, uh, get home play. 
That's cool. Were they how how influential yeah, were they simple. growing up? Oh, very. Taught you to be taught me to be myself, you know, and just be responsible and uh That's cool. you know, take care of your own, take care of your people. And like Marshawn Lynch say, take care of your chicken. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just uh, you know, be yourself. And um she raised two good kids, me and my brother. And we just try to be very responsible men and take care of our families. Just that's, very simple. That's cool. Just got a cool job. I'm not different than anybody else. I just got a cool job. A really cool job. And now you're out there hitting turkey shots heard around the world. Hey, so one thing I, I, I read that you said they do the playoffs a little different over there where, where the higher seed is like up a game going into the playoffs or something like that. Is that correct? Yeah. So first off, we since we finished first in our side, mm-hmm. we – had to buy so we had to wait to the second round and in the second round we played the team out of the best of three so in our series would be a best of five a best of seven but we started 1-0 so we if we won game two we're up 2-0 oh wow and i like that exactly we had to win three they had to win four and you know we went all three straight and then in the finals it was two three two but all and the thing is it's all seven games would have been at our home park so it's like I see why SoftBank wins. They finish first and then they play all the games at their at their park. Like duh, that's why they beat everybody. That's why they won like seven out of the last ten or eleven championships because they just play at home. Makes total sense. Would you like to see any of any of that adapted over here with how they handle the structure for their playoff? Um, only if they. I think if they add more teams, you can add a different structure. I see how the NFL this year added a top seed. Um, I, I see how, and I know how it was annoying for a lot of people that the Dodgers and the Giants finishing with, you know, what is it, 108 and 106 right. wins. They had to play each other in a wild card game opposed to uh, the Braves and Milwaukee not winning, you know, 80, 88 and 90 games respectively. I mean, they one they did, they did what they were supposed to do is win their division. It's not they thought that the damn West is, them two teams are so damn strong. But I see how people would want to structure that differently as like that's the season that the Dodgers and Giants play in the yeah. NLCS. That's what people wanted to see. Right. But, you know, obviously they got uh who was it? NLCS, obviously it doesn't matter at this point. But that's what I think that what people want to see is the Dodgers and the Giants since right. they had so many wins. So I I mean if they add another team then you can do a structure like that and right. give a full, give a team a full week rest. But again, that's all that's that structure and stuff is really hard, but yet easy, but yet still difficult. <laughs> it's it. All right. So it's impossible to talk baseball in Japan without talking about the reigning AL MVP Shohei Otani. And you were over in Japan oh, while he was doing all this one. Talk about what he was able to do this year. Talk about what he means to, to the Japanese culture and, and how influential this was to them and how important him winning MVP was to the Japanese culture. Well, first, how much does he mean to you? Oh, baby, Adam. I don't know if you got enough time. I don't want to take too much of your time here. But great question. <laughs> uh, no, but, man, every day in the clubhouse, uh, he was just talked about. You know, because they broadcast all his games because if he's if he's hitting, I mean, he hit majority of the time, so he was playing. He, his games were televised. But they also televised all Maeda, all of Kaikuchi, all of Tetsugo. That's so basically, cool. all the Japanese players 
all their games, they were always on TV because, you know, they have the broadcasting back here. And they just kept, the players over there just kept asking me questions about American mm-hmm. baseball. And they're like, you know, just different questions. And I'm trying to answer them all the time and trying to help <laughs> them out, tell them, like, how how was Shohei so successful? And, you know, once he got rid of that leg kick and just realized that he's 6'5 and powerful as all hell, woo, you see what he's done. <laughs> And I mean, winning MVP, obviously, you know, he's the obvious choice. His value, his star power. I mean, he's popular right now, not just in the United States. We're talking about the whole Japan. He's everywhere in Japan and billboards and all that stuff and all the cities, you know, from South cities all the way to the (laughs) North. And he's just, his star power is different. And he's just so humble about it. And it's just sweet to watch. You know, just when you see just nice guys just out there, he's just doing his thing. And I hope he's influencing a lot of people, a lot of these young kids that like saying, you know, like the Hunter Greens, you know, of coming up and saying, oh, you can only do one thing. Hell, try both if if you can. Yeah. If they allow you to try both. And I see, I think some teams, you know, obviously they, you see a lot of pitchers that were shortstops or center fielders or first basemen, whatever. And convert, you see that at the lower levels in the minors, you know, and they'd be like, well, yeah, he's probably not going to hit. Right. Let's throw him on the mound. And, um, you know, but if some of these kids can do it, I mean, why stop them from doing it if they can? I mean, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, you know, and I wasn't even going to talk to this, but you mentioned it. And you asked, like, what does he mean to me? Hearing you say how humble he is is a big reason. Obviously, he's the most, he's one of the freak athletes on the planet. But how humble he is going about it is really cool, and that's why I feel like I gravitated towards him. That's honestly not to to blow up your ego too much, but a big reason I'm a big fan of yours just from following you on socials. I see that you're you're the same way, and I, and I like to gravitate and, and put myself in. You know, I like to cheer for people that are also very humble and good people off the field, and he certainly seems that way, and you seem that way as well. Um, so so I'm glad you said that for sure. Um, but you. look. Let's transition to Major League Baseball uh, and, and the current state of Major League Baseball. Um, there's a lockout, and they've been locked out since December mm-hmm. 1st. Um, and there's a lot of conversations going on about it. Uh, but first and foremost, if you had to put your finger on one single pressing issue, what would it be? Like, what, what is the biggest reason and main reason we are here right now? Hey, I mean, being away for two years, you know, I, I, there's a lot of conversations that I have not been privy to as previously. Um, the biggest issue, ah, that's tough. That's really tough. I know that I know service time is is one. <clears throat> not being able to manipulate service time, I know, is a big issue. Um, but to be honest, I, I'm not I'm I'm not really privy to all the issues that's going on right now. I've been away, and I know that, uh, you know, 2019, I mean, 2020 and 2021 have been different, difficult, especially 2020. People lost a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's, I was in Japan. Like, it, it's, it was kind of refreshing to be just away, <laughs> nobody paying attention. Nobody's seeing, oh, Adam oh, Jones is open for, you know, no one's paying attention to that in America. They're like, Adam, you still playing? Like, uh, I was like, Pop up like, oh yeah, a little bit. I'm over in Japan, man, just chilling. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of cool to just be away. Nobody worried about me. You know what I mean? Ain't no tweets that, oh damn, he swung at that. I uh, should have had that. Uh, there ain't no. There was no tweets about that. And if they were, I didn't understand it because it's Japanese. 
So it was <laughs> for real. It was kind of refreshing to just be away from from it all. Yeah, it was probably it was a, a good a good time to be away for sure from Major League Baseball. So uh, obviously, yeah. and I think one of the big problems here is that there's really not one single pressing issue. There's like a million issues. That's kind of why we're here. To me, one of them is the competitive balance in the league. Um, we, we see teams that like the Pirates year over year. And your formal, former team, the Orioles, hasn't been great in a while. But what we're seeing is there's really no repercussions for being a bad team in the league. In fact, you can, right. it can be beneficial to teams. What, what would you do to help sure. the competitive imbalance in the league? How do we get teams more on a level playing field? Well, I mean, obviously winning, if, if, if winning is the first obstacle or first objective, I should say, the obstacle should be the first objective. And you see how important it is to certain owners. And it's about what owners are, you know, I don't know, I don't know all the owners' cash flow. I know that they're worth a lot of money. I don't know how much, personally. I mean, you can say a network, that's the internet. But I don't know how much money they got. I don't know what their, what their operating costs and stuff like that really are because I'm not their accountant. But I just think that if the owner wants to win, they have the money to do so, I believe. And I think, you know, some might want to get richer. Some might be like, that. well, I can't support a high payroll here. I can't support a $100 million payroll here. Um, You know, I know Tampa's not going to be messing around with a $110 million payroll. Baltimore doesn't want to do that for, for, you know, for the next few years. Uh, But the Yankees, they don't care. Uh, Boston, they don't care. Toronto, you see, they don't care. Uh, the Mets, <laughs> they were there sitting there with two, 260 right now. Yeah. They don't care. And they're still going to try and add. They just added Showalter. Showalter's going to add, you know, he's going, he knows what he's going to do. And then he's going to ask the owner that, hey, this is what you're trying to win. These are the pieces that I need. And the owner's got proven that he's got big, big, big pockets. Yeah. So, you know, it depends. And I think that's a good move for him, too, because, you know, he can, he can ride off in the sunset and try hopefully get himself to a world series. And, you know, you got a, he's got an owner that is just out there and it's New York city. Like he wants to show, you know, the, the Bronx that look at Queens is out here living too. So don't forget about us. Yeah. He, he, he didn't look afraid, but I'm hoping my Padres do something else. So <laughs> that's, that's where my heart lies. I hear you. Hey, so one of the biggest topics about all this, and this is the first time there's ever been, a lockout in the in the social media age. So there's plenty of people online that think yeah. they know what they're talking about. And and we've actually had a couple of discussions about this on Twitter and you commenting back to people. A lot of people will hear the issue with money and and say, "Well, what do the players have to complain about? Big league minimums $600,000. What do you complain about? Teachers make teachers make n- not even close to that and and blah blah blah. What what would be your answer? To that, what do you say to those people that say, "Well, stop complaining. Teachers don't make it half that." Well, I've always just tried to let you know everybody know that when it comes to money, first off, go to the minor leagues. Those guys are making. That's where I start. That's where I would start. I always try to start there because it's like the majority of the guys are making the peanuts. You can look at the numbers of how many guys stayed in the major leagues and made the full minimum. You know, with today's being sent up and sent down, they know how to manipulate that. And guys generally get maybe 60 to 75% of the minimum per year. So you got to go through this old tax 
different things and they'd be making, you know, checks prorated of 580. Next week, they can be making checks prorated of 250. You know, it just depends on their, their split contracts. That's a whole other conversation. But it's the minor leagues that people need to look at. Stop looking at the major leagues. Stop looking at the Louis Vuitton. Stop looking at all that because I know a lot of people that played in the major leagues for three, four, five years and they ain't got a dollar to save to their name. And you're like, why? How? Because it's, it's, it's a different life. And people always say, save your money, save your money. Have, how many people have made this kind of money this early in life? There's a lot of people that are going to make a lot of money in life. There's a lot of people that aren't, obviously. But to be able to make the significant amount of money at 24, 25, 26 years old is something that's unfathomable. You just can't predict it because it just does not happen unless you are you know, a teenage pop, uh, you know, some of these, some rappers that make it big entertainment that make it big. It's all entertainment world at this age, the lawyers, doctors, the artists, they don't start making money till later in their lives. So you think about how these, how making all this money is, you know, all, all these, you should save this. You should save this. And I do agree with that. Athletes should save it. But to say that, you know, there's some people be irresponsible. You've never had a, Fifteen twenty thousand dollar check, being twenty four years old, like every two weeks. That's what you're getting. Like, damn, twenty seven thousand <laughs> every two weeks. Like, damn. Like, you want to go and you're you young. You want to go buy something. You you might want to get married. Like, it, it just life hits you so much faster. And I just think people need to understand that. What would you do if you're getting all that? Oh, I'd save it. No, you wouldn't. You'll have to be buying shots for everybody. You'd be taking out people for dinner. You'd be doing all different things, treating your family for, you know, helping your mom and dad out with things that they, you know, been struggling with. And if they have or haven't, buying, paying off your parents' uh, debts and all that kind of stuff, which all we all have done, which, you know, that I think that's part of, you know, the journey also. But the next year, your ass don't know if you got no job or not. Mm-hmm. And, but, oh, you're supposed to save and invest. It's not that easy. So I just think that people just need to understand that, you know, at the end of the day, you throw one pitch and you're done. You hit one base wrong, you, you break your ankle in a certain way, you're done. You know, athletes are always one pitch, one play, one, one, one everything away from being done. And, you know, like I said, with a teacher, a lot, I mean, I love teachers. They should make more. I, I so agree. That's another problem. That's right. A, that's two, a, a one problem that's doesn't a mean another problem. One, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's a governmental problem. I, I look. I, I think you you made a good point, and to me, it's kind of you got to make your money while you can. And the life of an athlete isn't long at all. And and you look at baseball, and and I know this better than anybody, Adam. I spent five years in the minor leagues, one phone call away from being a big leaguer, and I made six thousand dollars a year for five years. And and people people don't understand that. And then. You get to the big leagues where you're if if you get to the big leagues, your lifespan is short. You gotta make money. And it's an entertainment business. I, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Look, you're you're grinding your ass off for years. The second you make it, you better make some money because it's a short lifespan and you've dedicated your entire life to this. So make your money when you can. And have you seen in the last, you know, uh two weeks how many people have signed in back in Japan and signed in uh in Korea, so many people mm-hmm. have. And you're going over there, Korea, they guarantee you a million dollars. for That's the top that they can pay a foreign guy for the first year. And, you know, that person going over there trying to make a million dollars, he definitely ain't going to make that in the major mm-hmm. leagues, even if he stays up all year because the minimum is 580. 
and he's going to go over there and potentially make a lot of money. There's a lot of people that have went over to Japan and made 20, 30, 50 million dollars. Yeah. And you know, hey, buy your own damn uh, benefits plan, buy your own retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need the major league pension. You got your own pension at that point. So you know, I see why people be 26, 27. They're eager to get over to Japan because clock's ticking. It's time yeah. to make some money. You you know, you probably time to get married. You want some kids. And that's the perfect window if you can make as much money as you can. And I've seen some guys come over here and just make some money. And, you know, hey, Major League Baseball is amazing. But if you need to make some money and you have the opportunity, tell your agents to hit hit up Japan, hit up Taiwan, you know, hit up yeah. uh, Korea. There's real money to be made and great experiences to be experienced. And some people, you know, don't shy away from it. Just go experience it and make some real money. Like, yeah. damn, they pay for everything over there. Yeah. Uh, some, some questions about the start of your career. And it made me think of it. Cause I said, you know, baseball athletes are dedicating their whole lives to a sport. Well, you, you didn't, and you didn't start playing baseball, uh, until you were 12 years old, you were big into basketball, big into football. And, and by my understanding, didn't play baseball until you were 12 years old. Is that true? Yeah. I didn't pick it up every day. I was playing neighborhood baseball, you know, right. when I called for like rec leagues and stuff like that. But once I turned 12, it was like, for some something just said baseball. I don't know what it was. My, my parents got me this net in the back that had like the little pitching target. I throw it off that thing all the time. And then, you know, <laughs> it just took off from there. I started watching every Padres game. I started just focusing on just baseball. And it was crazy because, you know, in the late nineties, the Orioles were always on uh, Wednesday night baseball, Sunday night baseball. They always yeah. had all the primetime games and, you know, years later i'm end up playing for him so it's kind of like damn i'm playing for I zapped myself into the future from what i was watching that's so and cool. uh it was it was it was on and for, it was on from there now i'm tired i'm tired <laughs> of stretching i'm tired of hitting batting practice i'm tired of ground balls i'm tired of running i'm tired of cutoff mans i'm tired of relays i'm tired of signs i'm tired <laughs> of bunts i'm tired of hitting behind the runners I'm tired of all of the squeeze play. I'm tired of everything. <laughs> I'm tired of infield fly rule out of the box. I'm tired of every single thing. Well, if you, if you had been able to tell 12 year old Adam Jones that you'd be here at this point, tired of it, I think he'd be pretty happy and, and pretty proud of himself. So that's pretty cool. And then, and then you go on Adam to get drafted in the first round by the Mariners as a pitcher, correct? Yeah. You were, you were, yeah. uh, you were, Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani, but you had to you had to make a decision I, to not. My draft had some studs, man. Some two way studs. You know, JoJo Reyes was a stud two way coming out of high school too. Um, but yeah, I was ninety two, ninety five on the mound, Ooh. and and the Mariners, you know, said, you know, they were asking me, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I would love to play shortstop and hit, and if I can't hit. Then, you know, hopefully my arm is good. Put me on the mound. I'll keep my arm in shape. You know, if you want to put me on like a throwing program for that too. And they did. And, you know, we never talked about it. We never talked about pitching again. They wow. decided to put me in center field two years later. And, you know, I think that was the best move ever. Uh, my <laughs> old coach, uh, Wayne Kirby, said if I stayed playing shortstop, I'd be, I would have been the shortstop in Mexico. And he said that Bill LaFace, <laughs> Yeah, I say Bill Bavese, I should thank him and send him a pool table or some, some very nice gift. 
because he made the best decision for my career, moving me to center field. And I think it was, I mean, obviously it was the best decision. Go out there and just, he said, hey, man, just hit the cutoff, man, catch the ball and think about hitting. Okay. Yeah. I say it works so, out too. So we went out to center field. It's like, all right, let me, ball's hit to me, catch it, throw it back in, <laughs> and then think about hitting. That's kind of what I did. Yeah. And it worked out. A lot of gold gloves later. <laughs> A uh, good career later. Hey, I, I can't, I can't have you on without talking to you about this, and it's, it's a hard memory in my life, man. The 2014 ALDS. You're going up against my brother yeah. Max Scherzer, yeah. Rick Porcello, David mm-hmm. Price, Anibal Sanchez. You guys were not supposed to win that series as the Baltimore Orioles, and you swept. No. And the one memory I have in my mind that is burned into my retinas is the Delman Young bases loaded. Bases clearing double. What what do you remember about that series and beating up on the Detroit Tigers? Well, our main, our, we have one thing in our hitters meeting was it wasn't about beating Verlander, Scherzer, and Price. It wasn't about beating them. It was about working the hell out of them, getting them out the damn game. They cannot, if they go into the seventh, eighth, they, then that's when, you know, they, that means they've been smooth selling. You can, we have to get them out in the fifth or it cannot be into, we cannot allow them to get into that seventh inning. Cause that's when pitchers like that just find that extra gear and say, well, I'm going eight and I'm going eight now. And what we did is we fought, fought, fought them, fought them. And we got to the bullpen and we said, if we can get to the bullpen, we got them. And if you watch each game, the besides, besides game three, cause I think, uh, Cruz hit the home run to right field off DP. And that was, we won two to one, I think. And yeah, that, that, uh, besides that, we got, uh, we got Scherzer and Verlander. We got them out the game and then we got into that bullpen. And we knew once we was like, okay, we're into the bullpen, I'm not bust them. And they had a good year, had, but we just, we needed to get to that middle relief. And that that was our plan and we worked it out because you're not just going to tr- you're not going to out slug you're not going to slug i should say against Scherzer, Verlander and Price you're not just right. going to sit there and slug and if we got to Porcello and Sanchez those are two other guys who are sinker ball guys so we know we're not just going to slug so we just have to do just the small things and our whole objective was work long at bats even if you get out try and see five six pitches per at bat yeah uh, one i i will never forget being there that play Cannon Yards was on another level that series. It was Rocket. absolutely incredible. Um, and, and then on to a, a much better memory for me, and, and it's a moment where I know I won't ever forget where I was when this happened. I know a lot of, uh, especially Americans, won't ever forget when this happened, when you robbed Manny Machado center field in, in your home city in the World Baseball Classic, mm-hmm. uh, won the game, eventually led to a World Baseball Classic championship for the United States. Talk about that moment because I get chills just thinking about it, man. It was one of the coolest things. <laughs> My brother and I were watching at spring training in Lakeland and, and went absolutely nuts. That was an awesome moment. Where does that rank for you in your career? I mean, I think that that it, that has to just be up there in the top five for sure. But, I mean, it might be just pushed back from number one because of what I just did on the turkey shot. Turkey shot. You, you know, <laughs> <the> turkey shot. <laughs> I think that just moved up in just the scenario, you know, having my kids there, like everything like that was just like a career, like rap. Um, but it, dude, dude, I seen that ball hit. I know the sound, you know, I've obviously 
shagged for Manny, you know, play center while he's hit the ball and just know when he crushes the ball and he crushed that ball. And I just kept going and, you know, I jumped, I just jumped. I caught it. I seen myself catch it. And I just blanked out like to myself, like there's no way you just caught this ball. <laughs> Obviously added some explicitives. And I'm just like, there's no way you just caught this ball. And then I look, I reach into my glove and I had the ball and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, ex- externally, I'm not I'm like, I don't know what I'm physically doing. Internally, I'm just like having this little conversation with myself. Like, did you just do this to you just caught this ball? What the? And then I just <laughs> like caught myself, came back to life. And just was like, wow, that was sick. And then I got to watch the replay. Mm-hmm. I got to really watch the replay after the game because Cano was up and, you know, and then I, and they were like, dude, that catch was sick. I'm like, damn. Okay. All I blacked right. out. And then, uh, you know, as you get older, <laughs> as you get older, you start to, you know, start to appreciate those kind of moments. And again, my kids get to see this kind of things and they get to be like, yeah, that was you. Now, like, can I do that now? Nope. But back then I could, and they got to recognize that. Dude, unbelievable. What I mean, what a, what a cool... <laughs> career for you uh well it's it's different than than anybody else's and, and before i before i let you go I, I have to ask what's what's next for adam jones and you may not even know but you're one of, you're an established big leaguer you've gone over in japan now you've kind of done it all and now your contract is up there yeah. what is next for adam jones uh great question i mean i want to stay in shape just in case some somebody call <laughs> Some crazy some bitch calls. <laughs> you gotta be crazy. Just in case. You gotta stay in shape just in case. Um, but uh, you know, I'm just see, you know, seeing as it goes. You know, I'm not pressed any sort of way. Uh, again, I told you I'm tired. I'm tired of all that stuff, just stretching and oh, I'm tired of all of it. I miss I'm gonna miss I miss the grass and the people. I would miss the stretching, the batting practice. The, I told you none of it. Fungos, infield, oh, none of that. But uh I don't know. I think, you know seeing what my wife has in plan. We got two young kids, you know, again, she has a travel company, accesstravel.com. And uh, I think that we should just uh, see what, what it goes. I mean, I'm not pressing anyway. I'm tired. I just want to relax. And if you, let's go see some, she wants, she, she calls them site visits. Let's go to, you know, Botswana on a site <laughs> visit. Damn, like, let's go to South Africa, site visit. Yeah. You know, can we go back to, Croatia. I'm like, me in Phoenix, site visit, get there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn, okay. So, you know, I think that'd be fun too. She's been holding me down, holding the family down, you know, especially me for the last 10, 12 years. So, um, you know, it might be her turn, or I say it might be my turn to just let her take the realms of the family and like say like, hey, my, my career is not dictating where we live. If she wants to go live somewhere else, Let's go live somewhere else because she is very open to that. And why not? I mean, young, our kids are young. The experience of living in a different culture, uh, got a little bit of money. So, well, just chill. Yeah, of course, man. And it, it's been a pleasure watching your career. If if the turkey shot Homer heard around the world is the end of it, it's a it's quite the the fitting way to write off, man. But thank you so much for for joining me. Um, I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Your career has been awesome to watch. And, and like I said earlier, I, I meant this. I, I became a big fan of you for, for you as a person. And then following your career along the way has been uh, icing on top. So 
congratulations for everything. Good luck in the future, wherever it takes you. And thank you so much for joining me, man. Appreciate it, my man. Appreciate it. Of course. See ya. All right. And I wanted to thank Adam Jones for joining me. What an awesome conversation with an incredible athlete and an incredible guy. Uh, That was a lot of fun. This episode has been a lot of fun. The holiday special. So make sure you all enjoy the holidays. This has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you guys subscribe, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever it may be. If it's on Apple, make sure you click that five star and leave a review. It really helps. Uh, Make sure you're following on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The episode comes out via video on YouTube. We got all that good stuff. You can win this sick shirt. We were doing a giveaway there. Still a chance to win, uh, but make sure you check all that out. And thank you all for listening. Uh, Enjoy the holidays, uh, and I will see you next time on Flipping Bats.